You haven't understood at all. You can't kill me. There is no me. Sinister is a system. Sinister is a species. Everything is sinister. And if you're not sinister, your time is over. What the heck is that? Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, Number 2, written by Kieran Gillen. The take on the character that turned him into the campy love that we all have now. Oh. That has been furthered and explored by Hickman and Wells and now Kieran Gillen again. Ooh. I went on a binge. You give me only two comics and I'm going, I'm going horrid on them. Okay, well, that's that's good for you, babe. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Mr. Justin. And I'm Mr. Justin. I like that you're wearing um, our sinister t-shirt right now. I know things you don't know. Uh, nice, because, nice. Because I feel like it's relevant to both the comics and just personal experience because i've read a lot about sinister in the last 24 hours that's true you i mean it seems that you have and you do generally know more about comics than i do (laughs) it's true it's true Uh, let's talk about today's lineup today's abbreviated lineup all right Today we are talking about x-men unlimited number 61 gambit number five and Immortal X-Men number eight. And a special question sesh on Dark Web. Ooh, a special question sesh. I had pitched it out to the peeps on Instagram asking, hey, what do you want to know before we head into Dark Web? We've got another prelude issue coming in next week. Not that you need to buy the prelude issues. Not that you need to buy any of it. You can just buy whatever you want to buy. I don't know. I don't know. Events. So- so when are we doing that question section? At the end. At the end. But now you know. If, you, if you're hanging out, if you're listening all the way, I feel like it's like a what's to come. You know, I don't want to overload the front with nope. speculative fiction and no, no. questions. So I guess now it would be time for the news. The news. So we know that the X-Men are appearing in Captain Marvel, right? We know that. We, we, we know it because you read that issue that I, I didn't read. I sneakily threw that in there on an episode a couple weeks ago. That is continuing for a couple of issues. And then... And then... There's basically another crossover happening. Oh, sweet Jiminy Crickets. In that it is Captain Marvel and X-Men, the current run... Telling one condensed story, one connected story. They even have connecting covers on that story. We posted about it a couple days ago, and even more details came out this week, but Lord of the Brood. Ooh. You love the Brood. I love the Brood. So even the the story now that's happening in Captain Marvel is about the Brood. I think it's like Revenge of the Brood, and now Lord of the Brood, which Brew... Mm-hmm. is lord of the brood assumably and that is why a couple of people responded i thought we were cool with the brood i thought everything was fine and it was just offhand referenced in a new mutants issue where there were a bunch of brood attacking the the moon mm. habitat 
And all the new mutants were like, hey, Brew, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah. I thought we were friends, man. Yeah, there are rogue colonies of Brood that reject my rule and are doing whatever they want to do. And apparently that extends further as you get deeper into space. Ooh. So that issue of Captain Marvel had our classic team. Interesting that Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Sync were conveniently not on that team that went out into space to rescue Rogue. And are now freed up to be the team that's going to connect in because it'll connect with our current team. So it's going to be parts by Jerry's X-Men and Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel. So we'll be reading Captain Marvel for the next handful of months. Oh, man. And that was a solid issue. I'm not upset about that. No, I like Captain Marvel. Yeah. Speaking about what's to come, what the future holds... We got Solicits Galore released today. Oh, really? So February Solicits went up, Mm -hmm. posted a handful of covers that tickled my fancy. Oh, oh, tickled your fancy, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the ones that tickled your fancy? I mean, there were so many. I can only post so many, you know? like There were just just entirely too many, honestly. (laughs) Well, tell me about those ones that tickled you. Well, there's one... From Wolverine 30 of Beast just looking all sorts of angry with the adamantium skull of Logan in his hand wearing the cowl Ugh, of Wolverine. Beast. Which is just like, you you just, you just taking it a couple steps too far. I said, uh, it seems that little Francis Yu and Benjamin Percy are trying to give me nightmares because his angry face in this is incredible. Yeah. Oh, fun side note fact. Highlight of my week, I made my Kill the Beast, Beauty and the Beast little silly little video for the social media, and I tagged Ben Percy in it, and he liked it and commented, hilarious. Yeah, I got a lot of good feedback. And Ben Percy's telling me I'm hilarious is pretty much the highlight of my week. Could be the highlight of my month. I don't know. Well, you also have a sold-out dance show. Yeah, 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 That's the highlight of the week in my mind, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. But I was talking, you know, comics. Comics, really. Yes. The highlight of my week is that my show is sold out. There is a Legion of X comic coming out. Issue 10 with Nimrod on the cover. Oh, I love Nimrod. The Legion. And especially as Legion of X continues to get better and better, I'm excited to have it connect even further. As we head into Sins of Sinister. There's a cover for X-Force 37 where the Peacock Man in shadowed head is holding his mask. Yes! And X-Force the team is coming out of that mask. Ooh! And then the solicit text, at last, learn the truth about the man behind the mask who's been plaguing X-Force since 2019's issue number one. X-Fans new and old will reel from this startling revelation. Yeah, because it's going to be one of the sinister. I think so, too. And we'll get he into that later. He has to be. There's some, At the, this point, he's going to be the spade because the spade is like basically like a peacock. Basically. And there's a cover of Sabretooth pulling himself out of the grave with some spoilery text in the solicit that I don't want to read just because oh. of... Uh, some other things that Orcus is up to. Oh, sugar. I mean, that's the problem with reading solicits anyway, is that <laughs> you're gonna you're bound to find things out. The fact that Dark Web hasn't even started and we're already getting the cover and solicit text for the finale, it's a yeah. challenge, you know? And and that's yeah. the the machine of comics is that they have to promo it so people buy it. 
Yep, they do. Gold Goblin came out. Speaking of Dark Web, oh. we're not going to get into Dark oh. Web right now. But Gold Goblin came out this week. I bought it. Issue Obviously. one. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be good. Norman Osborn story. A little fun action adventure with Normie. And Normie was there, his grandson. But, you know, that's an aside. Normie. Who do you think won the poll this week? I'm going to go ahead and say it was Immortal X-Men. Well, so the challenge with the poll, and I was talking about this with some folks, is that I only put Krakoan books in the poll. Right. That's but mainly because... there was because only one Krakoan book this week. Did that stop me? No. So what I did was there were four options. One was Immortal X-Men with a diamond. One oh. was with clubs. One was with hearts. One was with spades. That's kind of spoilery, Justin. Maybe, I guess. Or it's just, you know, playing cards. I don't know. I, I, I think it could be. Could be. Who do you think won? Diamonds? Diamonds by 54%. Clubs <laughs> at 7. Hearts at 27. Spades at 12. Ooh. We're not going to get into Dark Web, but I also just have the entire arc. I'm like already doing a book report on Dark Web. <laughs> Alicia makes fun of me because I do book reports on things. He does book reports on so many things. On everything. Not we're, just books. We're just, <laughs> like parks in Rhode Island. I'm going to do a book report on that. <laughs> it's not like an actual book report. I'm not presenting these anywhere, but I make a Word doc. And he maybe makes a, charts and Maybe graphs. a map and an Excel spreadsheet. And <laughs> now I know where all the best parks are in a bikeable area. That's good information to have. Solid info. Solid info. All right. All right. Anyway, enough about my maps and obsessions. <laughs> Let's talk about my obsessions of comic books. Okay. With X-Men Unlimited, number 61. 61. Number 61. Basically, it turns out that Hope's fears were that of a woman being held captive by the Reavers. Yeah. And she almost escaped the Reavers, uh, and that's how she became in contact with Hope. Right. You know, Hope was doing a little borrowing of Jean's powers. Empath. She she felt this woman, and and they connected and then she was seeing all her fears and then she discovered she was being hidden in this facility with the reavers and you know danny was like hey you should talk to someone about this and she was like well i don't trust anyone so i'm just gonna go to cable maybe i'm just gonna storm the base instead of talking about it but also talk about it with my kind of dad i'm gonna punch my way through my feelings and and save these people team up with giant guns and blow some stuff up including the building because the reavers just set the building on fire i don't know if they knew (laughs) that these people were coming if they were aware of the fact that mercy the woman that escaped momentarily Mm -hmm. had tipped off hope but this was exploded their own building yeah that's what it was there for we were just we were just only squatting here to do our sciencey things with these sciencey people and then make a mess and now we're gone this was great Honestly, it was probably one of my favorite of the X-Men Unlimited stories, these two issues. Wow, really? Yeah, I think so. I just feel like it was good action. It was big name characters. Mm -hmm. Danny, Hope, Gene, Cable, the Reavers, Krakoan era ties. Yeah. No, this was great. And plus, it was only two issues. Two issues. To the point. Written by Torun Gronbeck. Art by Philip Sevy. And C.C. De La Cruz letters Joe Sabino, Joe Sabino on those letters. 
What did you think of this? Did you, you? I liked it. I thought it was fun. I mean, I I liked the first issue better than the second issue. Oh, really? Yeah. I, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. It didn't blow me away to be like, oh my god, this is my favorite X Men Unlimited. I have no idea what my favorite X Men Unlimited is, but well, um, clearly it did for me. And I I'm not guess, saying that yeah. I didn't. I liked the second one better than the first, but I felt like this carried a lot of that energy with it into the second mm -hmm. and delivered. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting story. I thought it was witty. I thought it was good. I thought it was action-packed. You know, overall, thumbs up. Are you ready for the last issue of Gambit and Row? Ah, uh, no. I mean, like, I liked it, but I'm not ready for it to be the last issue. Right. You know? Squaring off against this big dumb alien face. <laughs> Couple big dumb alien faces, honestly. Yeah, jerks. Bounty officially on the team, kind so of. So that okay. Well, I'll wait till we get into it. To Give get me a into page it. turn noise. Let's do it. Page turn noise. Hey, it's a title page. Kind of. Sorta. With no title or it's credits. It's a credit page. No, it's not. It's a summary page. Yep. <laughs> Remy Rules. Written by Chris Claremont. Art by Sid Cotan. Colors by Espen Grundenjern. Letters Clayton Coles. DC's Clayton Coles. That cover by Wills Portacio and Alex Sinclair. This is the greatest recap page ever. I love it. I like the layout. Yeah. It's you, great. You have your main cast and everything that they're up to. All the fun that they're having or not fun that they're having. You have the threat that's brewing in the distance, and then you have the reaction of just like, oh, snap, something's going on. Yeah, I really like the the layout and the fact that on, you know, one side of the main image, there's like everybody having fun, and then you get the opposite side as each individual, like the opposite of every yeah. panel. You know, it's not just a completely different thing. That's really cool. And then we set our location and get to know the problem, right? We're still at that Lila Shaney concert. We're still hanging out, having a good time, but well, somebody's missing. Yeah. And watch out. We've got Bonehead, Tsunami, and Cannabird. So this is what, so Bounty just, she she just was like, mm, just kidding. I'm not going to go after Gambit anymore. Well, they reached a truce last, last issue, didn't they? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That was like, a, all right, I was here to get you, but now I'm just here to drink and enjoy the concert. <laughs> but Marissa's missing. Right. She's been captured and she's gradually being transformed by Bonehead. Bonehead. I don't like what happens to Marissa. No, Honestly, I'm it so is sad. Messy. Yeah. And again, like the layouts on this whole mm -hmm. issue, like this is great too. Just yeah. the side by side of the reactions to the terrifying thing happening. You just have these three menacing-looking aliens that, hey, let's see these guys again. Maybe, maybe not, because yeah, sure, they right. all don't really make it out too strong at the hey, end of this. Hey, you know, aliens never die. <laughs> Neither do legends. Oh, the Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. Jeez Louise, this art. like. I got really sad seeing this panel of Marissa getting transformed mutilated essentially by these electronics yeah and it's it's very painful to look at and and also made me be like oh man we have at first i was like we have to kill this woman just because her story has to end here she's gonna die and not only just die but die brutally right 
Yeah, nothing happy can happen for you, Gambit. <laughs> oh, goodness. And then wait, Tsunami coming at you. Yeah, he's a water monster. It's With not a just a tsunami. It's not just a fun name. Yeah, I spelt it wrong, but it's still a tsunami. <laughs> it's just a different kind of tsunami. The T is secret. It's not secret there. Tea. And uh Gabrielle and Roe are just I, I you know she's Gabrielle's like, I'm just gonna sacrifice myself for you, Roe, because that's You're my what, child now. That's what we do for those that we love. We were connected on the astral plane. You know, I have a deep bond with you now. Yeah. Ro, surfing with a skateboard. Yeah. Being the rebellious teenager that she is the entire series. And this, just these arms. Oh, yeah. So the uh, the strength of the astral plane coming through. And and I didn't understand this honestly until it was later in the issue when they flat out said that she got Tsunami's powers and arms. Like I thought she was just kind of endowed with her own version of the power by the astral plane, but apparently she stripped Tsunami yeah, of yeah. their powers and sort of took over the reins of being Tsunami essentially. And now She's not just a grandma nurse, sure. but a super-powered baddie. It's the irony of Chris Claremont where there are so many words, and yet not many things are explained <laughs> completely. Like, there are so many words, and yet I'm still wondering what's going on. What the heck happened? I love it. On to the fight. Mm-hmm. Ooh. This haunting overpower. I'm so upset by just everything happening to Marissa. I, I don't understand the sentient suit that she's being turned by. Yeah, it's and I crazy. don't like it. I, yeah. I mean, I like it as a fan of conflict, but I don't like it because I really liked Marissa. I really yeah. liked their relationship. Gambit was happy. And, and don't get me wrong. I love Rogan Gambit. That's the happiness that he gets for the rest of his life. But like, hey, this was a cool like, little Yeah, it didn't side have story. to end this way. Right. It's so brutally and heartbreaking. Right. Gambit's holding his own. However, Marissa's spirit, essentially, the fighter within her, the Marine. is what is overcoming this evil power and uh, helping to save the day. Right. Yeah, that little floating head action. Bounty steps in, too. I, I love the action layouts. Mm-hmm. Just the throwing of, I think this must be Cannabird. Gotta be. And also, like, who is Bonehead if not the suit? Bonehead is the suit. Bonehead is the robot. Bonehead, basically, I absorb you and you are just a head. That is where I get my name. Mm. And Cannabird is a giant blue bird that smokes weed. Um, Or is a cannibal. You sure? Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Maybe both. I don't know. Probably both. <laughs> Everybody's hanging out, still watching the concert because, I don't know, that's not going on for me. I'm still here. And so Lars, the jerk human that nobody cares about. What are you doing? What what does he get out of, oh, Gambit made me mad, so I'm going to shoot Lila Cheney? Like, what? Right. You know, I was doing shady things and Gambit stepped in the way and he ruined my business opportunities. He basically made it so that I couldn't make buckets of money and so i'm just gonna kill this mutant because i'm a jerk but uh no you're not no you're not Lila, she knows what's up and she's gonna throw her microphone at your face 
Sorry. Well, plus about it. Spirit Marissa too coming mm-hmm. in with the with the assist. Yeah. I love Lila. I want more of Lila. Lila's pretty cool. And I love this art. And I love the art where she's like singing and like punching forward. Oh, and yeah. She's like, don't let anybody know that the concert's not, you know, we can't tell them what's happening backstage. Yeah. Concert's still going strong. Give the people what they want. Is this, I think it might be. Is this Dazzler? Where? That hands Lila the microphone. Because she was a part of Lila's group at this point after she had kind of lost her direction as a singer and she had a disguise to keep her so that she wasn't known to be Dazzler because she was a mutant outlaw after being with the X-Men for a while. She's got the star earrings. Her name is Allison. Okay, could be. I was about to be like, uh, she's not blonde. She doesn't have makeup. She's not wearing silver or blue. I saw your face. Well, because I was very confused. I was giving you the... I know things you don't know. Yeah, but don't. So then don't look at me and say, is this Dazzler? And then be like, I was undercover, which you wouldn't know about at all. (laughs) Wait for the reveal. okay? wait for the reveal. I was saying it for the peeps. Just phrase it differently. I think this could be Dazzler. Don't ask me a question. I know, you know, I'm not going to be able to answer. It's fun for me. Oh, God. More fighting. Oh, oh, I just. So much more fighting, but. Marissa, is, is she having like an astral plane fight? Yeah, like, she's on the astral plane too. Everybody gets to hang out on the astral plane. Obviously, she's going to join. She's killing it though. She's taking that bonehead down. She also has fire powers on the astral plane apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Monster or like man. he's made of fire and she like sucks it out of him or something. I don't know. Or Gambit is charging things. I just, every time I look at her face, I get so sad. I know. She was so pretty. She's all withered away. She's about to become a skull. But she didn't. She's still alive. In this this page here where like you see her head in the distance with the eye glint. Mm-hmm. And then just like the sad face of her looking at Remy and just... It is. It is very sad. And they let each other go. However, Bounty is highly impressed because nobody's been nobody takes down these no. other bounty hunters. No, they, these are the worst of the a, worst. A reputation and and Marissa and Gabrielle are just regular people to Bounty. Yeah. You know, and they they held their own. They held their own and they're back together and Remy he wants to stay with Marissa, but Marissa's like, yo, no. what about Ro? You have adventuring to do. You have Ro to get down from those rafters. Poor Ro. My heart is breaking for her. I know. Sitting up there, watching Remy talk to Marissa and say he'd rather stay with her. And then Marissa convince him to stay with Ro. And she's just like, her sad sitting on those, on the catwalk, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay because they seem to have made up and they're ready for some new adventures. Yeah, I mean, they are all smiles on the last page. So yeah. it wasn't too hard. And I mean, Rose like, I'm not a kid, okay? Yeah. No, we're partners. Basically, she was just sad because Gambit wanted to leave her. Right, which is messed up. That's real. And that's it. And you know what? That's what they did. Now, this this is the kind of page... That I want at the end of every issue. Why? Of everything. Because it's like you get a little bit of a a tip off from the creative team or the editor 
and then you have essentially a works cited page of check out these issues for these reasons. <laughs> this is this is an editor's note condensed at the end of the book. I'm glad you liked it. I didn't even read it. Okay. Oh, I wish you guys could see the anger in Justin's face. It's not right anger. Now. Disappointment. He's smoldering disappointment. I didn't read it. I looked at the art and I was like, that's cool. I don't yeah. need to read this. <laughs> Mark Basso would be upset with you. Sorry, Mark. What'd you think? Big picture. Because the the next, we don't have anything next. There's that's nothing the next. Fin. You know, that's the finale for French people. Big picture. I think this was my least favorite issue of all of them. But I loved this series as a whole. Interesting. Why was it your least favorite issue? I just feel like the lead up of Bounty for her to just become part of their team was a little anticlimactic. Like it was like, oh, we're we're we've got this bounty hunter. She's coming for Gambit. And then all of a sudden at the end of last issue, her and Gambit are fine. And these other bounty hunters show up and they're actually the real villains. And like, I still don't fully understand how Gabrielle could just take the powers of this alien because she has a connection to an Ash. It just felt like a lot of really crazy stuff happened in an effort to be like, it's a finale. We're fine. You like it. But I mean, I still, I still love the book. It, I hands down best classic storyline oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah, we've yeah. had. You know, better than any of the X Men legend legends arcs. Yes. Better than Patch. Yes. Just, just this as a condensed story. I would continue with these. Oh, I would keep reading this 100%. in a heartbeat. That's not even the question. It's just of of the five issues, this was probably my least favorite one. Yeah. Well. It's uh, I I guess I could see how that happened just because it was a wrap up essentially. Yeah, you know, just... it, it was mostly fight. Right. Right. And we had so much plot and narrative going into this issue with all the other four issues, building, 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 exploring multiple adventures, mm-hmm. these characters. We we didn't really get a whole lot of character development in this issue either. Mainly just for Gambit and his his emotions, but nothing right. nothing really for Ro either. And that that I didn't mind. I I yeah, I felt like Ro wasn't really in the issue. Like she was in that one little fight scene, and then she just sort of like disappeared. Title's called Gambit and Ro. We no, know. We, is... No, no, but we know. <laughs> the title is Gambit. But yeah, I don't know. I I still very much enjoyed it. Gambit is here just... in action figure form. If those are my overall thoughts, you yeah. ask me big picture. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? I liked it. I was just, it made me sad almost the entire issue though. <laughs> like the entire issue. I couldn't get over the fact that I was just sad about this, this end for Marissa, this mm-hmm. end for Gambit. And just like, obviously it had to continue where that she wasn't going to. They weren't going to be together. Right. Gambit needs to leave with Rose so that they can continue to fit into continuity there can be no Marissa if there will be a rogue. Right, right. All of these things make sense logically, but my heart is like, <laughs> no. Your heart wanted them to be it. together. Wolfman303 said, Gambit rules! Four exclamation points. Mike loves Mariah Carey. Wants to know who you would want Gambit to pair up with next. It can't be Rogue or Storm. It has to be someone from an era that makes sense for Gambit's pair up with probably maybe I mean you could do an alt universe that that's the the next step of this is like X-Men Legends 
in the multiverse the where we multiverse. don't have to worry about continuity. We can just do whatever we want with characters you love. Deadpool. Honestly, that's a, that's a great idea. Deadpool? Gambit and Deadpool. I like that. I feel like that would be a great dynamic and, <laughs> and just ridiculous. Almost like Wolverine and Deadpool, just not as stabby. Mm-hmm. You know, It'd be more tomfoolery. Yeah. Because I feel like Gambit would encourage right. Wade. And they that's would get fun. into so much trouble. Yeah. All right. I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd read that. Who do you want to see Gambit pair up with? Warlock. Oh, yes. (laughs) I don't know why. Let's go. I just, I was looking around. I didn't come up with an answer. Mike said Destiny, which Mm. I, I love just because if you do that in the current era with the inevitable reluctance and shade between the two of them, Mm. I just, that would be so delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting but dynamic. I was just, every time I need to come up with the name of a mutant for any question, I just scan the action figures. <laughs> look around the room. And whoever calls to me, and Warlock was just sneakily hiding in the shadows. Uh, my friend Mary came over today for a costume fitting, and she walked into this room because this is the room where we do all the things. We have all the figures. We do the cosplay things. We record the podcast. And room looked, of requirements. She looked at the x-men shelves and she hadn't even seen the rest of the room yet it's like all she could take in visually and she was like whoa and then she goes does justin play with these or what'd you say i was like i don't know if play is the right word play and display are the words okay my bad i'm not an inbox collector i actively know that but like you don't like sit and make your figures talk to each other like barbie dolls when I'm not here, do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the last couple of Friday nights. My friends keep on texting me. They're like, hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? I was like, I'm drinking and playing with my action figures. Leave me alone. I'm sorry. I got the record player going. I'm listening to Pink Floyd. And um, I, it's not, I'm not like, oh, do you want to go to the mall and get some chili fries? Like, no, that's not what I'm doing. But yes, I am. There is a form of play to what I'm doing for yeah. sure. Yeah. And the more I get into it, the more I get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I just, that's what I was, I think that's what she was asking. Yeah. Do you make them, like, talk to each other? No. Not like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Because, like, it's hard. This is going to get into a tangent because, like, I do that semi-professionally as an improviser. Right, right, right. I am always creating fake voices and... I talk to myself incessantly. Same. Right? So that it's not a far step. I would be surprised if I hadn't done it. For I, sure. I said to my coworker, Jeff, that we were talking about comics. And I was like, well, yeah. And then all the action figures everywhere. And he's like, what? <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that out loud to people. You have toys? <laughs> Jeff, I'm not ashamed of who I am. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of my toys. Get out of here. I have an amazing collection. Most children are jealous when they come over. <laughs> They're related. It's not weird. It's not weird. <laughs> it wasn't weird until you said that. Comic Extract said that this was amazing. Wordy, of course. It's Claremont. It I don't need the bad guys constantly threatening the heroes, for instance, but it's banter reminiscent of the Claremont of old. Marissa and the Doctor's plotline is awesome, and I hope they come back. Roe had less of a role than I would have liked, but it is Gambit's title after all. The art was stunning. The impact on the characters were real. The threads that they pulled on could be played with by others down the line as they are left dangling. Mm-hmm. 
It's all the best things about classic X-Men. I hope they do more stories like this. I agree. I do too. Same. This was this format working. All right. Enough jibber-jabber. Oh, my God. It's time. Oh, my God. It's time. Immortal X-Men. How did you feel about this issue? I'm curious. Like, I'm genuinely curious. How did I feel about it? Yeah. I felt vindicated yet again. Oh. Because I I remember us talking, and I can't remember if it was me who said it. I feel like it was, but oftentimes I feel like it was me and it wasn't. Um, that I was like, I, I wonder if there's a, there's a sinister for every... Oh, yeah. We all said that. Yeah. That was like a thing, but like... Even... even- Kieran wrote it in an issue where he was like, yeah, there's got to be four suits. Even the dumb Russian figured that out, talking about Colossus. Right, right. Yeah, just like, well, here's how I felt about the issue. Intrigue, confusion, shock. Yeah. The conf- that would go with... In me- order, yeah. Yeah, because intrigued by the setup and this idea that Destiny knew something that... Mystique didn't. Confused by the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde-ness of... And just how much is not actually explained or connected to... Like, there are a lot of... Like, this is deep continuity work on Mr. Sinister. Right. And it's great. And it's tying together some things that are already out there, that are already existing. The things that I dove back into over the last 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I had an idea in my mind of what the original sinister like him making him i thought he i thought he made a clone version of himself with the mutant gene and that's how he became a mutant and this kind of made that feel wishy-washy to me and that i didn't fully understand it and then it got to the end and i honestly had to take a second and go back and really look at the art because at first at the end i was like wait a minute destiny has a secret lab and she created all the sinisters and then i was like no alicia go back and look and then i was like nope there's the chalkboard with the diamond on it they're back in nathaniel's home yeah yeah. so but just it was like a yeah there are four of them and i wonder who they all are because we know who two of them are well it really positions sinister as the big narrative threat of Mm -hmm. immortal x-men you know yeah you have these individual issues as they connect to characters as they connect to the tapestry of krakoa but throughout it's always been sinister yeah and that's great that's awesome because he should be the villain yeah he's great well, first, let's talk about this cover. This is the cover. This is is this the A cover? Yeah. This the, is the moment, the vibe, the lifestyle this is of the love. Cover of my dreams this and cover um, of your Halloween. It's the cover that inspired my Halloween costume, and also, my friend Steph and I have talked about recreating this cover in some way. Great. With me as Mystique and her as Destiny. I don't know if that will happen because Steph's not really a, a cosplayer, but she has a a taste for ball gowns and tiaras, so... <laughs> and gold face masks, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, she's just holding the gold face mask. She's not wearing it. But, yeah, it's it's such a gorgeous cover. I remember when I saw the preview art of it, I was like, Justin, we have to get that cover. We're going to get that cover, right? We're getting it's the that a cover. But I didn't know at the time that it was Mark the A cover. Mark Brooks. It's great. It's, it's a gorgeous cover. Um, I like that it sort of displays the timelessness of their relationship 
Right. And very much so the time of this. I feel like this is the only issue that completely takes place in the past. Mm. Right? The only issue of Immortal X-Men. Everything else has had, maybe not everything else, but many of the other issues have had segments diving into a character's past. This was entirely different points. Yes. But, yeah. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Page turn noise. Fate is the word cowards use to describe the things they're too weak to change. Eesh. As we mm-hmm. go to Alamargordo. Yeah, we're, we're starting off strong back in time and Mystique's doing a little breaking and entering. Mm-hmm. She's in charge. Just the depth explored of their relationship is a lot of great new ground. Mm-hmm. This trust, but also curiosity of Mystique. Like I, I trust you, absolutely, but I know that you're holding something back. Mm-hmm. And because I'm Mystique, I'm not going to let that fly. I'm going to go find it out. Yeah, because not only do I know that you're holding something back, but I know that you're somehow involved with the experimentation on mutant children. Mm. And that doesn't sit right with Mystique. And so she's going to make... The, right. So she's going to, you know, first she's going to stun these guards with her good oh, looks. hello, boys. And then she's got to punch them in the face and not kill them. This reminded me Just of knock them out. Emma in Marauders with the mm. distraction attack. Everyone has clearance. Mm-hmm. You have clearance. I have clearance. And I love how the, the subtlety, especially that first panel, you see her where she's got the yellow glowing eyes. She's got the little bit of blue on her as she's transforming into this disguise. Yeah. I will say if that's her jumping over the fence at first, I was I it looks thought like that destiny. was destiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the cape, with the slicked head. Yeah. I was confused, and then I was like, nope, okay, it must be a Mystique. Just a ninja form. Yeah, this secondary story of Mystique questioning what Destiny knows, what Destiny shares, and how much is in between is probably my second favorite part of the issue. (laughs) Because there's some other things that I really loved. Yeah. As we get into Destiny's Science Times... (laughs) The shameless flirting between these two, the breaking and entering with added breaking faces was a kind of flirtation for Irene. (laughs) I did think this whole thing was interesting to say, okay, so she's involved in this and then she's involved in this with Sinister because he's learning about the mutant genome, but he has a different name. Yeah. So th- this is a part, and, and again, it's what I was talking about with the end of Gambit. This is an issue where if you had a page at the end that was like, hey, check out the further adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Hey, check out Mike Carey's run. Hey, check out Project Black Womb. Hey, check out all these things that are referenced entirely but not explored in any way, shape, or form. So this is Project Black Womb. A secret government project where they experimented on thousands of mutant children, including the children of the researchers. Those researchers, including notable importance, Brian Xavier, Kurt Marco, and Jacob Shaw. Mm Mm-hmm. You know these names. Whose names come up later in the issue as well. Sure. And I don't need a page like that because I have you. 
Yeah, but I needed to do all that work on my own. <laughs> and it was great. It was fun. I had a, I had a good time of it on Wednesday chilling. But if there were three other issues that I had to go through and get ready for work, I wouldn't have been able to do that. This must have been intentional on Marvel's part where they're like, hey, we're going to do this massive bombshell drop. So this is going to be the only issue of the week for Krakoa. Maybe. So you can squirrel about with your brain thoughts. <laughs> Squirrely squirrel it. But what's going on here? Cloning vats? Eugenics? Don't know. Mystique but, has questions. But Destiny says, Mystique, you gots to go because nobody can see you here. Right. Dr. Milbury. We're talking about the mutant genome. It's an abomination, this work, but it's a necessary evil for what's to come. Ultimately, the benefit for us all. Paving the road to Krakoa, even back then. Do you trust Sinister? No, this is just to watch him. This is right, just to right. stay close. This is observation. It's interesting the ways that Destiny's powers work here, that she's putting herself close to Sinister and what he's doing to be able to detect how it's affecting these possible futures. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is indeed interesting. Even, even the reference of the psychic broadcast to hidden DNA in people. Right, which ah. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, would be great to know. <laughs> I didn't, but see, when I read that, I just assumed that was new information. No. So I guess knowing that it isn't is cool because it's knowing that it's a reference, but even if you didn't know that it isn't, like, even if you didn't know that it existed before, you're still having that moment of, oh, snap, he did what now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we're in between on that, on on the, like, fine, let's just go with it and tell me everything tell me enough to be able to do some homework if i want to i think the thing is it's frustrating for you because you know that it existed before whereas for me i didn't even know there was anything to go back and read and i guess that's what you're saying is that you didn't know that that happened already that there's more about that that you could look up right and if you said hey this is where we're pulling from this is what this is connected to whether or not that impacts your desire to go further, it gives you the opportunity to right. do so if you are so interested. That's true. That's what I want. Gotcha. I did it anyway. Of course. Can't stop me, Kieran. <laughs> it's a title page. Elementary, my dear, specifically uranium. Part eight, the curious case of Dr. Essex and Mr. Sinister. Written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Mikhail Berndini. Colors by David Curiel. Letters Clayton Coles again. VCs Clayton Coles. That cover, Mark Brooks in the house. Mark Brooks. Love the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde reference mm-hmm. in that title. As we go to classic London town, 1895 and Mystique is Sherlock Holmes. Surprise. That's the whole time. The whole time. That's in the Marvel Universe. Mystique is Sherlock Holmes. She been Sherlock Holmes the whole time. Would you thought that it was a real guy? Nah, it was just Mystique. It was just Mystique. Before Raven, there was Sherlock. <laughs> I love this. Did you read the paper? That's rude, Raven. You know That's I didn't so read funny. the paper. <laughs> and just the smile on her face, too, mm-hmm. as she's like, well, didn't, haven't you read the papers? Surely you can guess why. Because Nathaniel Essex has survived this mysterious attack in London. I love this as a data page. Mm-hmm. It's so small in terms of taking out the page, but it's so stylistic. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like it's a clipping of a primary source. 
right? This yeah. just feels different in a use of a data page. It's to the point without a bunch of filler information. Also, the London Sentinel. Yeah, what the heck? Irony. Let's go meet the man. Knock, knock, knock. Hello, sir. You look like you're almost dead. You look like you're Are dying. Are you okay? This is a savage read on his physical qualities. <laughs> his detachment from his wife's death. It's been building as he regrets his waste of time. And he's, you know, he he's, but he's on his last leg. He's coughing up blood. He's looking real sickly. And uh, he has no information on his attack it, it happened from behind and he he can't tell you anything else did you pause or question what essex factors were i did and i also questioned why they were called essex men right so in the further adventures of cyclops and phoenix mm -hmm. he presents to a council of scientists charles darwin included mm -hmm. what he has humbly referred to as essex factors these genetic Elements that cause mutation or, or that lead towards mutation. Ah, you know, so the X gene. As a, as a scientist being able to name it if you first discover it, right? So right. that's why he's referring to them as Essex factors and Essex men. I had screenshotted where he calls it Essex factors and put that in our story today. But well, I think in that instance, that's a that's a spot where I'm a little bit like you're referencing something thinking that I know what this is and I don't know what this means. Right. And I'd love for you to tell me more. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, right. that that's all part of the conversation, you know? Right. But that was the clearest origin of Nathaniel up until this point. Essex factors. Playing up this connection to Lord Darwin and his response to Essex. They thought he was ridiculous. They thought he was a, a terrible man to be doing all these things in the name of science, to be blurring the line of morality in what he was prepared to do and what he ended up doing with experimentation on people. Mm -hmm. I like how Destiny says to Mystique as they're leaving because Mystique wants to, you know, she wants to know more about what's going <laughs> on. And Destiny's like, do you want a clue? Mystique's no. like, no, I will figure this out on my own. It's the little games they play. Right. Do you notice in that center panel, the locked up door, the chained door, it's almost covered by all the word boxes oh but that is and then this this yeah. uh board that is draped is what we later see as the chalkboard all as these well. things in this room later revealed even that sonograph i think yes yeah, like a pre-record player record player in the center of the room it's all coming together as the mystery is revealed she's sherlock holmes but you know it takes a little bit so, you know, she wants to know what it is that's killing these people. So she's going to damsel and distress her way down the street. I love this. I did too. Like this, There's so many things in this issue that are like women power, mm -hmm. you know, to, to use their womenly wiles to get what they need from the dumb men that are around them. Well, also the, the, just the, the straight up idea that this great detective that everybody right. knows is and loves woman. has been a woman the whole time right it's freezing and i'm naked <laughs> yeah let's why what do you mean was she talking about herself or is that a 
she's talking about the fact that she walks around in her costume and is generally without clothes and uses her physicality to create clothes. Gotcha, gotcha. Because someone because else is naked. Someone else is naked, yes. <laughs> and he looks so demonic. So scary. Stand this is off. Diamond Head Sinister because we can't, we can't let you see any other Sinister before the end of the book. Right. The standoff is so intense. The shot that ch- takes a chunk out of his head. I don't know yeah. if you see that missing in the bottom two panels where he's he's got this section of head missing as she shot him with this it's elephant crazy. gun. It's crazy. All of this is crazy. And he's so like Powerful. primal and yeah. vicious and naked. And he just <laughs> runs away. Just like a naked creep in the night. That's yeah. what I wrote in my yeah. notes. Don't look at me. But where is he going? It's not a matter of catching him. It's a matter of finding where he goes. I'm going to my house. Leave me alone. I'm naked. Which happens to be the very home. And then this this is the part that is separate from our end where this diamond forehead sinister is transforming back into Nathaniel Essex. Which is where the confusion part of my earlier statement comes into play. That's why I bring it up. Because this is not how I thought the sinister that I, you know, thought I knew was created. I thought he cloned himself. Not that he had this transforming version of himself. This uncontrollable power imbued to him by Apocalypse. Right. Like what? Oh, yeah. Read the further adventures. Read the further adventures. So much I don't know. Wait, you're Essex men? I just love this aside of if I corrected every dumb man about whether I'm a woman or not. Right. Essex women. It's ex people. You know? Yeah. It's mutants. Come on. This whole issue is great mystique content, even though her her focus is kind of sidelined for the sinister story. Right. Which was pretty true for Emma's as well. But I feel like in this instance, we're getting to see a lot about Mystique's history that we maybe didn't see before, mm-hmm. right? And we're seeing this storyline that is the discovery of stuff about Sinister, but through Mystique's lens. Yep. So. Yeah, and the uncovering of her and Destiny. I mean, I still love the issue. Yeah. I'm just pointing out that this, in terms of the issues like Exodus's issue or Shaw's issue or even Nightcrawler's issue that mm-hmm. did really deeper character work for them and, and getting to know what they're going through now or what they right. were going through at that point. This reminds me a little bit more of Emma's issue where it was kind of bookends about Emma and then in the center was about other stuff. Mm-hmm. The power given to him that he cannot control without apocalypse. This Jekyll and Hyde. Interesting. This celestial imbued power. There are too many Charles. <laughs> Charles Babbage. I love that line. Charles Babbage is the father of the computer, the start of the thinking machine. It's interesting to think how Essex knows about where this goes, the importance right. that is to come from these achievements. And that machines are going to be a big deal in the future. Especially as they're talking about this giant war. And even the Byron daughter, Ada Lovelace, the first programmer of sorts that creates what would become AI, a thinking machine, these two people. Yes. I did my history. I know who she is from work. Great. 
We have a statue of her. In time, the gears of clockwork minds will crush us all. Dun, dun, dun. Here. Here's my chalkboard. Here. Let me show you what I have for my suggestions of the potential of what can be done. I'll draw this diamond and I'll color it in. And that's all you'll get to see. One day, there will be a war between people like us and people who are not like us. We must be on the same side. Smack! Or... (laughs) Oh, Destiny. How did you know where he was to suck him in the face like that? She has senses. Yes. I'll never be on the same side as men like you. Now get in jail. The great detective wins, locking him up to work through his demons over time. But that time is short. As he goes mad, what does it mean? Is what he does seeing it mean? right? So, like, look at the the progression of these panels as he's going into this monologue and then sees something, whether it's something physical or something in his mind. His eyes widen. He starts to foam and drool. And he's saying the same thing he was saying from the first issue. You're a ghost. You're, you're a ghost, ghost. You're a ghost. And it's what Destiny said in the issue where she was overcome by the future. So what? Who's a ghost? Who is it? I'm ready to know. I don't know. Is he seeing Apocalypse? Is he seeing other versions of himself? Is he seeing... It's a really good question. I want to know the answer to <laughs> Is he seeing Kitty Pride phasing in no. because she's time traveling with the no, Marauders? Please, God, no. <laughs> I would be done with the X-Men. He died in the night. Or so you think. Or so you think. We Can bribed I... <laughs> you to get in here, so you're no good. Uh, I love Mystique. Yeah, she crazy. Like, well, if I can buy your loyalty, I might as well just kill you now. Because I know it. that you're just trouble. Right. Is he dead? Well, that remains to be seen. So infuriating. So wonderful. Ah, I love how much I hate what you say to me. And also, here's my question, okay? Yeah. Destiny is blind. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, it makes sense when she punches Sinister in the face, but no, when she but, walks around the house. But she's walking around the house and she's <laughs> the one that discovers all these things. Like She's got daredevil senses. How does know? she see them? How does she know? Like, what is she going in the basement for? She sees the probable future of falling down the stairs if she doesn't step in this right spot. This is ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous. This sh- Mystique should be with her. absolutely and i wonder why like why not tell mystique so destiny is discovering what's going on she's back in nathaniel essex's house and the door that was previously chained up and locked has now been blasted open from the other side from the other side yes it's broken on the inside the hinges are off and she finds it and she opens it and this is while she's playing that sonograph and there's a narrative assumably from Nathaniel, about Darwin. Mm-hmm. Darwin said I was wrong, but I was never so proud as to say the same to him. His insight was profound. This is what my legacy will be. This is how I will be immortal. This is how we'll win the war. Charles was right. In the end, there is only one way to find a solution to my predicament. Survival of the fittest, which is Apocalypse's line. You know, that's his whole philosophy is survival of the fittest also charles darwin sure absolutely. <laughs> i'm not trying to stay take it away from darwin but as we get to our last page and we find four vats broken open each of them with a suit symbol at the top diamonds clubs hearts and spades shattered 
And it's crazy looking at this going, okay, so forever we've seen Diamond. Right. Recently we've seen Clubs. Yep. Where have Hearts and Spades been this whole continuity? Like, do I mean, they all look of this, different? All of this is part of the Krakoan era, right? right you know, all right, three right, of these right. additional sinisters. No, totally. But with like, you think about the insane retcon that this is, that there are other sinisters sure. out there. That they either know or don't know about each other. Well, they, clearly they all broke out at the same time. And how is the diamond one breaking out of here if the diamond one is also the the guy who was just in the cell who died? Well, so is the diamond one the guy that just died or is the diamond one a part of him? Right? You talk about Sinister removing parts of his mind. You talk about Sinister and eugenics developing himself to exhibit the, the best traits in a line. So to create new versions of himself that segment his personality into different bodies. And then we don't know. Could could Essex, before he died, could he have changed into each of these four parts? I don't know. I don't know. Was he only changing into the diamond? I don't know. The fact that Dr. Stasis knows who Sinister is, but Sinister did not know who, who Dr. Dr. Stasis, Stasis was. Is. Right. I know. Lots of questions. So many questions. But good questions. Great Exciting questions. Exciting questions. Thrilling questions. Cards on the table. Rawr. Ooh. What are you feeling? Like I would like the next issue now, please. Right. Kate facing down a sinister decked out in weapons. I want to know. I did this and for you. I went to Immortal X-Men number one. Mm, you went to those sinister secrets those didn't si you the sinister secrets that we've been following all along yes that have told us hints on each of our ep on each of our issues mm -hmm. look on the bright side the council chamber being white means it's easy to see where you have to mop up the blood stains right we thought that one was gonna have to do with hope's almost death right i don't know it changed originally well because hope now, has already had her right issue. right right but honestly i feel like well with kate on the cover i feel like it's from Kate's perspective. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't know, is this Sinister killing some of the council members? Is this, there's got to be something going on because he's got all these weapons. It's crazy. It's There's so many possibilities. Yeah. What'd you think? Big picture. Oh, big picture. I thought this was a fantastic issue. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting, the perspective. I liked that we were jumping back in time and we were... It was still an issue in the Krakoan era, but it wasn't in current Krakoa right now that there was history that we were getting to see these crazy ideas of of sinister and, and destiny and Mystique's relationship and this idea that even though they're a couple, destiny still hides things from Mystique and and then, you know, the end. Yeah. The end is like, what? Yeah. No, I think this peeled back a lot of layers, some deep continuity work on on Sinister, a lot that we've already known or that has been established in comics in the terms of him doing these experiments, him being involved with the Black Womb project, Destiny's connection through that. But, yeah, but to to bring all of that to the forefront and to connect that to the current storyline that Kieran's telling 
with Sinister as this big bad looming in the background. Right. And as and from the perspective of someone who didn't know all of those things, sure. this was so many bomb drops for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, right? right. Like constantly like, wait, what? what? Wait, what? Who did what now? Where are we? At? Who's going on in the basement? What do you got going on over there? <laughs> what in those tubes? Yeah. You don't have Madeline in those tubes? I thought you had Madeline in those tubes. No, that's Diamond Sinister. Questions? Yeah. Curls says the four clones of the OG Essex know their clones, but Sinister doesn't know Stasis. That logic seems flawed to me and against OG Essex's initial ideas. But we don't know who escaped when, right? We don't know who knows what from his clones. Right, and the the Stasis version is like, nah, I'm Nathaniel Essex. Like, I'm the one. He thinks he's the real one. Right. And it also... But they all think they're the real one. Sure. It also reveals the child in that picture in Essex County when uh, when Stasis burns down his house in X-Men, I think, 12. Mm-hmm. That's Nathaniel Essex's son that died at a young age. Oh. So that's probably why he feels like he's the original. Maybe he was the first to break out. He cleared some things from the home and then went on. Right, but like... How do you think you're the original, but you were in a tube? No, that that's the part that I think Curls is calling out. Is like, uh, wait a minute. Yeah. You broke out of a tube. There were three other dudes looking exactly like <laughs> exactly. you. And you were like, I'm. As, oh, I'm the original. Everyone's naked adult. You know, like. Right. I got. I've been. You know, I I put myself. I was sleeping. It was me. I did. I put us all I did in this. these tubes. I did this. No, that, that's true. So she brings this up. She saw it on Twitter that people think that Orbis and Mother Righteous are Essex clones. Thoughts? Hmm. Orbis, 100%. Orbis, I agree with 100%. Just because, think about what Orbis is doing. Mm-hmm. Cloning, rebuilding, mercenaries. It's the sinister of the galaxies. It's the sinister that found ways to do space travel and set up his own place out there Deep in space. So I would say I agree with Orbis because we haven't, we've only seen Orbis as like an orb and recently we saw the, they have a full body and it's more like a helmet situation, Mm -hmm. right? Mother Righteous, we've seen her face. Sure. So that's why I would lean more towards the Peacock Man because the Peacock Man, well, who's in charge of the Reavers or who's in charge of, you know, like other... Like the Reavers are from Verendi, the Hellfire Babies. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it has to be another person who we haven't seen their face. I think I think it's the Peacock Man. And I was talking with Remspringer Remy about some other potential ideas. He threw out Azazel. He threw out Zorn. <laughs> uh, just because Zorn has so many confusing identities, like everyone's a Zorn. Uh, I, I am personally in the mind that Orbis and the Peacock Man, which opens up a lot of things, a lot of fun things of these three new Sinisters teaming up against mutants versus yeah. our classic Diamond Sinister, perhaps. Interesting because Orbis is the only one, though, that would feel like they're from space. Sure. So that's like, hmm, how'd they get there? How long have they been there? Why are they so big? Well, I mean, they could just be in an orb, right? It's just a, a giant circle. Right, but at the end of Sword, didn't we see them stand up? I mean, X-Men Red. It was an orb on the top of a head of a 
progenitor or celestial type body. Got it. So someone could be in that orb operating, piloting it. it. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, especially with, so seeing that cover from X-Force mm-hmm. with the face being revealed, but not being revealed. Mm-hmm. And then going back and knowing the type of work that the Peacock Man does to take bits and pieces from mutants right. and to splice them into mercenaries. Right. It's essentially what you're asking about the Reavers and who's right. in charge of them. They're their own Reaver team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Peacock Man, that makes sense. Orbis, I f- it could make sense also, but it throws me that they're in space because it just feels a little bit further removed, but also... All these, all four of them broke out of their tubes and went their separate ways or did whatever it is they thought that they should do. And if they are the scientist that is Nathaniel Essex and have that mind, that brain, who knows who they could have met up with, right. how they could have gone out that way. Yes, yeah, true. And this was what, in like the late 1800s, you know, over 100 years in between then and now to. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Could be. Could be. Remy also thinks that Peacock Man is great in Creed, not oh. Sinister. Oh. Which I also like just because Great and Creed's the worst. <laughs> yeah. And would do something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. It just feels like it just feels like the X Office is about to drop bombs on us that they've been planning in the background well, all along. Well, it feels like I don't know about you, but I feel like we have to find out who these other two sinisters are before Sins of Sinister. Maybe. We also just don't know what leads to Sin of Sinister. Right. So is it just the diamond one in charge? Is it the culmination of all four of them? Is it three verse one? You know, We don't yeah. know what the factors are leading into that development. That's true. Warline Comics is saying that this issue needed a handbook to be released with it, mentioning all the important issues that build up to it. And I 100% agree. The whole Xavier arc from my Carrie's run should have been mentioned in those notes. Further adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Destiny mentioning Corsair's forgotten grandma, Amanda Muller. Was this was exciting to him as a continuity nerd, but also, you know, we needed some more of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I agree and I and I disagree. I think now knowing those things as a person who would have known them, being able to be told what to go back and reference, but at the same time, you and Warline both knew exactly what to to look at. Uh, so I feel like someone who well, like I felt I got new information about Sinister and I didn't think I needed anything else until you told me differently. You know what I mean? Needed versus wanted. And I feel like that's where we butt heads on this question all the time. Is that like, no, you don't need it. And I think that that does a great job in this issue of giving you just enough to continue with this story. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it is intentionally pulling from the deep continuity that is connected to it. Mm -hmm. There are other things that like, if I'm Marvel and I want people to nerd out and dive in deep and to subscribe to Marvel Unlimited to be able to have access to the full everything yeah like give me the tools yes i I knew about further adventures i'd read further adventures because i'd read the adventures i essentially read sinister's wikipedia page yesterday after reading immortal x-men on my lunch break i was like okay well let's Mm -hmm. let's dive in further and see where the the citations are and what is being pulled because 
I wanted to know more. I wanted yeah. to know what these other things were. And, you know, because people are going to do that regardless of if you put it in the issue or not, because podcasts like ours exist that right. talk about those things, Marvel is like, we don't got to do that. Like, we don't need editor's notes. Y'all are the editor's notes. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Maybe there's also the, this is just me playing devil's advocate, but like maybe there's also the idea that they don't want to give you that information because they're going to continue to use it as a way to further reveal things. So they don't, they don't want you to go read that stuff yet because they want you to only have this vague remembrance of those things so that they can use them to continue to drop bombs on you. Well, tough tatas. <laughs> I already went up and looked in it. I know, babe. Warline also asks, what if Sinister's original four clones aren't clones, but him split into four bodies, which is what I was just talking mm-hmm. about earlier, taking parts of himself in the same way that he says in a previous issue, you know, I used to be racist, but I removed that part of my mind, mm-hmm. right? Maybe he put it in another right. of his body. That's the peacock man. Right. You know, like that's the guy that hates mutants because they're mutants, not because right. any right, other right, reason. Right. It's interesting. But Stasis also hates mutants. Sure. Right. Pete Woods 86 is more convinced that Peacock Man is another sinister now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all on that same page. Yeah. If he's not, um, I mean, the Graydon Creed thing is is exciting too. But if it's if the Peacock Man isn't one of them, I'm going to be kind of upset. Yeah. Which, I mean, that, again, to Remy's point, would be a great twist right. right you're going to expect now people whose faces you haven't seen right to could be, be a sinister so now flip now the script like, gotcha yeah no you didn't you think you know but you have no idea this is the diary of sinisters oh comic extracts thought the covers were all insanely gorgeous the mm-hmm. best part but he was a little disappointed with what was inside the backstory fill-in was a little dry and didn't tell as much new, except confirming what we already knew about Sinister having multiple iterations of himself. So this is, you know, I believe Daniel is mu- someone that is more of the mind that has read all of these other stories right. that are building into this, right? So really big picture, except for these last couple of pages, not a whole lot has been revealed, but has been brought together and Mm-hmm. codified into what will be the story of Sinister going forward. Mm-hmm. But he enjoyed learning about the experiment and why there are multiple Sinisters. Mystique's role in the story was slow and a little inconsequential, especially compared to her assaults on Orcus, for instance. Sherlock was interesting, but more of like a fun joke. He's saying that after number nine, I can safely hold the opinion that X-Men Red stands alone as the best series in the line. And would point to this issue as a low point in the immortal run. Mm. Which I, I know you're going to point to Exodus's issue, and I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, because I just don't really remember Exodus's issue. I remember being like, eh, I don't like this. And I, I, I like. I, so, I like Immortal X Men. I think it is up at the top, but it is more of a slow burn and more of a. Bigger background. It's story. like a. It's a brain puzzle. Immortal sure. X-Men is a brain puzzle, which is really fun for me, really interesting, something that I really enjoy, where X-Men Red is hype. a jaw-dropper. Hype beast. You know, it's just like... Oh, snap. Take it and go harder. Time. Further. Yeah. Faster. Yeah. This isn't Captain Marvel. That's that's another time. Coming soon. <laughs> Those are all our questions for Immortal X-Men. 
Okay. That was a great issue. It was really great. We have a handful of questions. And I asked you, but you still hold that after we talk about it. I asked you if you had any questions specifically about dark web, coming into dark web. But WiseGuy73, 1701, cutting straight to the point. What do I need to know about the current Spider-Man run? Which, I mean, that's that's, that's the question, question on everybody's mind. And honestly, talking about the current Spider-Man run, oddly, has nothing really to do with Dark Web. It is Spider-Man and his villains and this giant mystery that happens like six months out that maybe connects to Dark Web or the aftermath of Dark Web, but we don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it likely will have some impact from that, but also could tie into Norman Osborn's story. Really, the big ideas from the current arc is that Peter works for Norman Osborn now. Mm-hmm. So Norman had his sins eaten by Sin Eater. Okay. Right. So all the terrible things that he had done were taken away from him. Gobbled up and they're gone. Right. So he doesn't feel those terrible things. Gobbled up. Don't say that. That's a triggering word. Goblin. Rude. It is. That was literally Gold Goblin. Issue one was, why did they name me a goblin? Don't call me goblin. Don't call me goblin. You're triggering me into this thing. Like, I I don't have any kind of goblin aesthetic. Why are you calling me the goblin? And because his sins have been eaten, he doesn't feel the connection to those actions, all the things, the terrible things that he's done. But he still has the memories of them. Interesting. They are still connected into the deep psyche of him. And instead, there's just kind of this hole in his mind of what had happened previously okay oddly connects to ben riley's story but we'll get there later also another interesting point is kamala khan interns for norman as well Mm -hmm. which is i think why miss marvel has a couple of issues relative to dark web that makes sense so that was a big one warline has a couple of questions he wants to know if we're picking up mj and black cat by jed mckay and it's a tie-in for dark web I think I'm picking up everything. Yeah. I think I'm just buying the whole event. Dark web. Yeah. He thinks Iceman is going to create an ice golem of himself and it would team up with Ben and Maddie. <laughs> eh, that would be silly. He wants to know who our favorite clone is between Ben Riley and Maddie. Madeline of the Pryor, two? Of the two. So those are our two antagonists. Well, I don't really know much about Ben Riley, so I'm going to choose Madeline Pryor. And I do know about Ben <laughs> Riley, and I think it's Madeline as well. This is what I know. Ben went through something crazy that Justin just read, and now he's Chasm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and he's going to team up with Madeline, who is the queen of limbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his last question, do we think Kane will show up in this event? Kane Marco? No. Kane? Kane. Who's Kane? The clone that would come to be known as Kane was the Jackal's first attempt at cloning Peter Parker. Warline, I didn't know anything about that. Jackal is who made Ben Riley. Kane is his first try at making a clone of Peter. I don't think that he's going to show up. I feel like that's a curveball. I feel like that ties more into the clone saga and the story of Peter's clones mm. versus the story of where Ben is currently and how that ties into he and Maddie both feeling like they've been wronged. Yeah. It feels like I don't think any more clones are coming. No. Captain 2 Michael wants to know, will Miss Lion be in the book? Who's that? It's Aunt May's dog, and I don't <laughs> think so. 
I don't think so. It'd be great. But Aunt oh, May's dog, man. I believe from an alternate universe, but amazing and he also wants to know why do they always have to make maddie the bad guy and i'd agree with this question like like that was like a decent amount of work put into her having at least a seemingly redemptive arc in i New think Mutants. she knew what she was doing oh, the sure. whole time listen she she was with cyclops and they had a baby and he just up and left her and was with another woman on the news and not answering the phone and didn't give a crap about her. She is a woman scorned. She has turned evil. That's just who she is now. Yeah. Well, I mean, They're and still the, going back. Cyclops definitely started that run. And then the manipulations of Nastier and Sim and Mr. Sinister and everything else like that furthered it. And she, and, I feel like she likes it. She's, oh, a, yeah, she's no. a villain who really enjoys being bad, you know? Relishes in the power, absolutely. Speaking of Maddie's arc, Comic Extracts wants to know how much responsibility will Magic bear or feel for what happens next? Oh, she's going to be upset. I think so. She's going to be upset. And I just really don't want Danny to say, I told you so. Um, I feel like it's coming. I know. <laughs> but I feel like that's why she is playing such a role in dark web right. because she feels responsible she's got to clean up and she's gotta she's gotta but at the same time like you know there was that sort of clause in the contract of things that maddie couldn't do what she's basically about to do which makes me she think that she couldn't come for krakoa which i believe is the only thing that was explained in the clause i feel like it was more it I don't know. I feel like it was more than that. And I feel like... I'm telling you, beep, boop, 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 boop. It was that <laughs> she couldn't come for Krakoa. I'm telling you, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> You're wrong. I fact-checked it. Um, I didn't, uh, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I, I could see her... I could see it ending with her reclaiming Limbo. Mm. And also, I don't know if... I can say this because they announced it at the panel. They talked about this like new character that was coming out of Hollow's Eve. Yeah. And I think Hollow's Eve is going to be MJ. I thought that at the panel, but then I read the Beyond arc. Oh. And then there's someone else that I think might be. Because I was thinking when MJ goes into limbo, some some stuff happens. Yeah, maybe. But I also just like pulled that right out of my butt because Hollow's Eve had red hair. And well, I knew that MJ was very heavily involved in Dark Web because so does of her and Black Cat. Ben Riley's girlfriend. Ah, okay. Who was an ex-con. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avenging AJ wants to know whose side will Havoc be on? I don't think Havoc is going to have a choice in the matter. And I think that that's part of why the X-Men are also involved, right? Like that's why Scott gets involved. Because I feel like Madeline's going to sort of like lure him in and puppet him a little bit and that's why there's that preview image that mm. cover where like they're together but he looks kind of like droopy and not fully in control of himself yeah well i mean that's that's kind of their game is <laughs> you are my puppets you are my goblin prince yeah 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 so i feel like he's gonna be on her side but he's i don't necessarily think he's gonna be like yay let me go be evil well and especially with the split from the team that's already been seated mm-hmm. in x-men yeah I feel like both of those coming together. They're setting him up for 
someone for Maddie to say to him, oh, those people are treating you poorly. Let me treat you right. Come back, darling. Don't worry about Ben. Right. Even though you brought me back from the dead and yeah. I treated you like absolute garbage. I I'm dumped you in the background of New now. Mutants. Yeah. My gloves, Mariah Carey, Phil Noto and Rod Reese books. It's just a take my money event. Right. right. Just, just, <laughs> just I'm in. Give me the book. Adam Kubert as money. well. Yeah. Like, they're all in there. Rod Reese, let's go. Planet X-Men said fire flop. <laughs> and I don't know if he's talking about the whole event or just Firestar, but I think it's Firestar. Mm-hmm. Probably. And Eric Huffman finishing us off with wondering if they'll explain what happened with Ben to go down this dark road. It seems like it happened a while ago, but even still, I have no clue. So you're talking about the story that you read that turned him into Chasm? Well, that's what Eric's asking is if they'll actually give us a cliff note of why is Ben Chasm? I feel like at the beginning of Dark Web, like in the beginning summary pages, there's got to be some sort of like, this is where everybody's at. This is how we got here because it's a big crossover event and they know that people don't read all the things except for you and Warline. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to know a little bit? Yeah. So it's not that long ago. It's the most recent arc before Zeb Wells launched Mm-hmm. the new Amazing Spider-Man. Zeb Wells was a part of the team that did the Beyond Arc. Okay. Beyond, the corporation, owned the trademark of Spider-Man. Because of the way things had happened with Superior Spider-Man, Doc Ock being Peter Parker, being Spider-Man, mm-hmm. creating Parker Industries, creating all of these patents, all of that fell under the control of Beyond Corporation. Okay. And so what they were able to do was essentially trademark the name of Spider-Man. And because Peter was not willing to be their pawn, they brought in a new guy, Ben Riley. Okay. And everything was great for a little while. Everything was groovy. Until Ben Riley started to figure out what was going on in the Beyond Corporation, all he the was, evils that they were up to. He was not okay with it. And he was not okay with it. And so what they decided to continue to do, what was real revealed that they had already been doing, was alter their memories. Oh, those little Charles Xavier wannabes. Remove sections of his mind that then, because of the way that memories work, that just untethered other bits of his personality. Ah. So this was a series of issues where this took place that... There was this one issue where Ben's girlfriend says, right, with great power comes and like is waiting for him to complete the line. He doesn't remember it. He He doesn't doesn't know. know. Because he has all the memories of Peter Parker. Okay. Because he is a clone of Peter Parker. He has all of the formative experiences of Peter to a point. But now because of the interactions with the Beyond Corporation messing with his mind, there was some creepy pages where he looks at pictures and he can just see like holes in people's faces That's because nuts. he does not have the memories of what they mean to him. And it's really interesting parallel to what Norman's been going through. Mm. And even what's talked about in Gold Goblin, just how he feels like he has no real contextual connection Identity, to yeah. who he was as the Green Goblin. But there's this force behind him. Mm. right? So this this just led him... Kind of, I would say gradually at the start, but it was really rushed towards the end down a spiral where he started to lose his mind, essentially, Ben, mm-hmm. and and not know who he was or what he was. And 
descent into his new identity. His new identity as Chasm, which a lot of people do not like because okay. of what it does to Ben. Because it makes him evil. Makes him evil and it essentially erases his history as the Scarlet Spider, ah. as just as Spider-Man recently and just who he has been. Mm. Oh, wow. That was a lot. That Yeah, but a good, good a lot. Right. Well, Eric also wanted to know, do we need to read everything to get the story like with AXE? <laughs> You Eric, didn't, didn't you learn from the last thing that we did? Supposedly you didn't need to read everything. You never have to read everything. Someone else asked this because they were asking like, how many issues is it? I think it's, it's like a lot. It's like 19 issues total. Yeah. I would say the things that you have to read, and this is just speculative, and you know we'll talk about it high level likely because I don't think you're going to read everything. But you don't know me. I will pull I'm out. I'm super interested in Dark Web. Great. I'm reading it. Good. I want you to. <laughs> I will be reading them because I want to. I'm interested. And I'll tell you, like, all right, this was super relevant. Right. This read was this not. one. Don't this, read this, this one. This had nothing to do with it. This was just Venom is doing it. I know you want to read Venom. So it's <laughs> like, okay, you liked some issues of Spider-Man. So you probably will want to read Spider-Man because that's going to be a core book. Right. Zeb is writing the event. Spider-Man is the book that he writes. Right. And I think that has like four issues that are a part of the event. Right. I'm into Venom. You you said I'm I would like Mary Jane and Black Cat. I think that's true. So you have it's really if I were to say what you need to read, it's the two one shots that start and end it. It's the four issues of Amazing Spider Man, and the three issues of Dark Web X Men. Mm-hmm. The only other things are Gold Goblin, which I don't think you need, but will tell Norman's story. Miss Marvel, which I don't think you need, but we'll tell Miss Marvel stories. Venom, which I don't think you need, but he will be a piece in Maddie's story. Mm-hmm. And Mary Jane and Black Cat, which I'm not sure. We'll see how that connects in. But I'm going to read it all. So yeah. we'll see. We'll find out. Because then I need to look at all the issues, too, because and put them all together. Because when we were at the panel, they were talking about how all the covers come together oh, yeah. to form like one this giant, giant web. dark web, yeah, which yeah. is cool. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Do you want to know my question? Sure. Okay. My question is, when are we going to go through Inferno so that I can get the OG backstory of what Inferno was? So, I mean, like, this has been in the back of... <laughs> it, it, it's it, like, this is the time. Right. We should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when does Dark Web start? December 7th. Oof. That's which so is soon. hard. Yeah. So, I guess in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do Inferno. Uh, maybe... <laughs> Yikes. We will, something will happen. Something will happen. Do you want to know what's coming next week? I would love to know what's coming next week. Amazing Spider-Man number 14, which is a prelude to Dark Web. Okay. I'm going to read it anyway because I'm always reading Spider-Man. Midnight Suns number three. You are very excited. Yes, Midnight Suns. X-Force number 34. Ooh. And X-Men number 17. Whoa. That's great. Super exciting. Honestly, I then went a couple weeks further. I was like, all right, well, what comes up the following week? And then another one. <laughs> Just, don't, don't tell use, me that no, now. It's not, there's it. no use. I won't remember. You're going you're gonna to forget by next Tuesday when we do our Patreon episode. Yeah, I know. Terrible. All right. Well, that was fun. Yay. Until next time, old friend. Charles Darwin? Bobobobobly boops. Computer man? Bye.
Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 